across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Happy Wednesday, Rockstar Nation. Hope everybody has a great hump day today and you're right in the middle of a busy, 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 busy week. Hope you're getting a lot out of our podcast. There has been a lot more interaction on our closed Facebook group. So I remind you, if you're not on it, get on it. Pat Hyben interviews real estate rock stars, the group, the private group. And a couple times a day, we'll go through there and uh, just accept people. We just got to make sure you're not a spammer. But we got some good discussions coming up and we've had some good discussions. There was a lot of racket on there about the Tommy Sowers interview and then the Jay Samet thing that came afterwards. Now, Jay, Jay's actually got more downloads than Tommy for whatever reason. And Jay had some very interesting things to say. And there was a lot of positive input on the Facebook group. So thank you for that. Keep that up. I know a lot of you guys like Thatch. That was an awesome episode. And uh, he's a really cool guy. And I love that. I love that sort of story. Jay, by the way, was uh, 313. Just last week, 313. Tommy Sowers was 310. I, I like looking at the the download numbers because I'm I'm just always curious as like we get the consistent amount every time one comes out of people that download and listen to it, but the ones that change over time where people share them and be oh you got to check this out or whatever, you see a bump in them and it's it's just neat to watch as a as a business person and a podcaster. I think you know we we had a big bump for whatever reason. I, I have no idea why in uh, number 273 lance loken maybe he lance went and spoke somewhere and mentioned it on stage or something but you know lance is a crazy guy crazy as as far as successful crazy successful in the houston metro area gonna you know gonna do over a thousand house sales this year as a real estate team and so a lot of people have been listening to that one again 273 thanks for everybody for the five-star reviews on amazon and on itunes i appreciate them both of course amazon's for my book six steps to seven figures you know a weird thing's been happening and I'll just be honest with you. Maybe I'll read these in the future, but I have the audio version of Six Steps to Seven Figures and I had to make a decision whether to pay somebody to read it in a monotone voice or what I thought was a monotone voice or do it myself and I decided to do it myself and what has happened is people are giving me one-star reviews on the audio version saying, hey, you shouldn't have read it yourself. You should have paid somebody to read it. Now, it is my life but I don't have like this memory of it that I can just or, or want to spat out because I think I'll be ADD about it and I won't stay on track. So I essentially read the book, but then from time to time I elaborated or if something changed, I went into more of like I'm talking to you now on this podcast. And what happened with that, people didn't like that. They liked it, I guess, when if I just keep reading in a voice 
or I don't know, but a couple people complained, and, and and then some people shot back and said, "Hey, I like that he read it himself. It means it's a, he's a real person. He's a real estate agent. He's not like a, a speaker, or a coach, or someone who doesn't understand real estate agents. He's a real guy." talking to us in our car so you know i'm kind of don't know how to to sort out the emotions of that but i don't know give me some advice there if you're listening and bought the audio version maybe i'll do it again but it's a lot of work so we got some good interviews coming up i got ben caballero coming up yeah i think that means cowboy in spanish or something that's on friday don't miss that now ben has a very unique way of doing business and it allowed him to be ranked Number one real estate professional in USA 2015 for number of real estate transactions and cumulative transaction dollar volume. Not what you think as far as the traditional real estate team. He also got an Inman Award Most Innovative Real Estate Agent a few years back. And so that was interesting talking to him about it. I have a response coming up on next Wednesday. Yeah, next Wednesday. A little more on the solo pro uh, disruption of commissions and some other things from one of Inman's writers. I have Sam DeBoard coming on the show next Wednesday. He's a writer for Inman, a writer for Realtor Magazine, Wall Street Journal, Market Watch. And he's a real estate agent and a broker, but he loves to write. And we tackle some really cool topics. Uh, we tackled the commission issue since it's been so hot with you guys with those couple of interviews that I mentioned earlier. We tackle that. He gives his opinion on that. He was like one of the original ones that said, you know, this whole thing is a joke. No way, Jose. But he also talks about the possibility of open house signs. There was a Supreme Court decision about, believe it or not, open house signs because other company said it's not fair that you allow open house signs but you don't allow my bagel shop to have an open house sign the supreme court he talks about that and that's a good episode coming up next wednesday and we got some really really good solid rock star advice coming up in the near future so today's guests kelly campbell and cecilia bell are friends of mine i do flips with them i've done close to 20 flips with them I am the finance partner. They're the ones that actually do the flips. They know this game. And Cecilia is a real estate agent in and of herself. She's a top REMAX agent in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. She's kicking butt there, and she's also kicking butt on the flipping. And she really, 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 really knows her stuff when it comes to staging homes and what buyers want when they buy homes. So we've got a lot of good things to share on this episode. So let's get right into it, guys, and have a great day. Okay, Rockstar Nation, boy, do I have two excellent guests today, and I have some real personal relationships with these guests, as I have been doing flippers with them for over five years now, I think, and we have done some flips together, we work very well together, we know what we want, we have had a lot of success, and they both happen to be, especially, I call her Double Dutch, and she'll tell you that later, but especially Cecilia is a top producing real estate agent out of the Washington, D.C., PG County, Maryland area, and so she has deep knowledge of real estate sales. Kelly has an accounting background, and so the three of us make an excellent team when it comes to buying real estate and all things real estate. So without further ado, guys, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. Good morning. 
let's start with Cecilia Bell. Cecilia, tell us a little bit about you so they can get to know you better. Great, Pat. So um, I am a real estate agent at REMAX United uh, in Upper Marlboro. I've been doing real estate for about 10 years now as a real estate licensed uh, consultant. A mother of one, a rehabber, and Kelly and I have a business together that's uh, uh, a coaching program. So we're doing a lot of great stuff up here, and it's just been a lot of fun. And, Pat, it's been awesome to be able to work with you. So thank you. Awesome. Hey, and it goes both ways. So, Kelly, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the rock star nation here so they can get to know you better? Sure. Uh, my name is Kelly Campbell. I am a, a consultant by trade in the construction business. I'm a consultant to architects, and I've been rehabbing since 2004. I'm also a professional speaker and trainer and the co-creator of Real Rehab Talk uh, Real Estate Investment Trainings. That's awesome. So so let's start at the beginning. So how did you guys get into rehabbing, flipping, uh, buying low, selling high? How did you get in there? How did you get into that one, into that biz? And, and tell me about the first one you did. Sure, Pat. I'll start. I got into rehabbing really at the suggestion of a friend and based on the experience of buying a house that had been renovated by other investors. I was 24 at the time in my first home was a rehab and when I looked at the property records and saw what they paid for it and what I paid for it I thought maybe this is something that I should do I had a friend who was a realtor and she encouraged me to give it a try uh, so my first rehab was actually a nightmare <laughs> I didn't know anything I had zero experience I didn't know sheetrock from drywall and I call it the Harvard education of rehabs because I learned everything the hard way on that first deal. Wow. Wow. Okay. So Celia, tell me about your first deal there. What was that like? You know, my first deal was, was great. I, I think for me, um, it was all about helping a family that was in need. Prouse was going to foreclosure and uh, they needed somebody to help them get out. And at the time I was just there to help. And we worked through the process. We were able to sell the house from going into foreclosure. And it was a great learning experience. And, you know, to say the least, I made a lot of money. And my, my life was changed forever. And I knew at that time I was going to start buy, fix, and sell. Flipping house. I knew it was in me to do it because I could do it, help somebody, have fun, and make a lot of money at the same time. So that was a big deal for me. Okay, cool. So let's fast forward to today. Like when you guys are looking for real estate to buy and flip and obviously make profit on, what are you looking for? What's your average sale price of the home you buy? What do you put into it and what do you try to sell it for? What we look for in properties is we look for first time home buyer markets. One of the reasons that we do that is that it has multiple exit strategies. If we ever got into a situation where we couldn't sell the house, you could rent it. It's a lot easier to rent a house for $1,500 a month than it is for $3,000 a month. We also like the first-time homebuyer market because our buyers, the end product purchasers, have a lot of options for funding. So there's all kinds of home programs in the Maryland area that uh, even if they don't have money, they still have access to money. 
So it uh, gives us a, a multitude of people that we could potentially sell to. Whenever I buy, I'm always thinking about the sell. The first time home buyer market is also a low risk for our private investors. So there are a lot more people who could loan you a quarter of a million dollars than there are who could loan you $700,000 to do a high-end rehab. So it uh, gives us a lot of people we could go to to request private funds because that's our preferred method of funding deals is private investors. We look for houses that are in residential neighborhoods that we ourselves might be interested in living in. Uh, I never buy a house someplace where I'm not comfortable because if I ever couldn't get out of it, I'd, I'd kick myself up and down the street for buying something that I didn't even like. I'm looking for three bedrooms. I'm looking for two baths or room to add a bathroom. Um, I think a master bath is hugely important in today's market. Um, even those in low buying ranges uh, have champagne taste. They want space or they want to feel like their house has space. I'm always looking for two levels, um, either two levels above grade or a rambler with a basement, something where the people in the house can spread out. Uh, I'm looking for single-family homes primarily. Uh, we will occasionally do townhouses in good neighborhoods with um, quality uh, homeowner associations, but we primarily look for single-family homes. We stay away from busy streets, and we're always looking at uh, the resale. We're always thinking about the sale. What are the days on market in this neighborhood? How quickly can I unload it? Those are always things that we look for. Wow, that's awesome. I, I love all your reasons. The, the reasons make a lot of sense, right? The ability to be able to rent it if it absolutely fails. The ability to, you know, raise money for it. The ability for the buyers to be able to raise money for it. I like all that stuff. So you mentioned busy streets. I mean, that's a meat and potatoes item that everybody could take forward, whether they're, you know, working as an agent with investors or buying flips for themselves or buying holds for themselves. Stay away from busy streets. What other things do you stay away from? Sure. I stay away from houses that might be too close proximity to apartment buildings. I also make sure that I check out the house in the daytime as well as in the evening to see what's going on in the neighborhood, what's going on in the community. And I stay away from houses that don't have easy, easy access to the property. So busy street is one example of, of if it's not having easy access, if you can't get in and out of the driveway, every buyer will remember that experience if they came to visit your house. But other other examples are um, we went and looked at a property recently that was in a neighborhood that had um, an easement with another property. So you're coming in and out of your driveway with somebody else. Right. Right. A shared driveway. Yeah. <laughs> shared driveway. Uh, that's uh, most buyers just wouldn't necessarily want that. So yeah. those are the kinds of things that we definitely avoid. They, they got a ton of those in my hometown. And in an average to bad market or buyer's market, they don't sell. I mean, it, it's harder to sell them. So I love that. That's good. That That's great stuff. And I've actually had an experience too of, of buying a house to flip that was next to an apartment building, which didn't seem like a big deal at the time, but the feedback kept coming back too close to the apartments. So I, I feel you on that one. That, mm -hmm. That's really good. So what are some things you look to do inside the house once you get it to change it, to make it flippable? Oh, sure. So my focus is curb appeal, curb appeal, curb appeal, and the kitchens and the bathrooms. 
So when I go to a house, I look for a kitchen that I can make look spacious. Um, so if it's, let's say they've got, uh, you know, the kitchen walled off from a living room or a dining room so that it looks small, I'm looking to make sure that I can open that kitchen up. When we're selling houses, Pat, we're always thinking about how we're going to market this to the buyer. And everybody nowadays, 90% are shopping online. So your pictures, when you sell the house, that's what's going to bring your buyer to the front door. If you can't get them to the front door, you can't sell it. So I need to be able to take some amazing pictures of my kitchen, of my bathroom. So I need to open that kitchen up nice and wide. Maybe give it a, um, if, if I can put an island in it, that's great. If it's not big enough for an island, I might do, uh, I might cut that wall that separates the kitchen and the dining room in half so that you've got like a nice countertop, but the person in the dining room, the person in the kitchen can communicate. So at least it looks a little bit more open. Yeah, that's that's uh, huge. In, in a lot of the older houses, they're all massively cut up, right? And mm -hmm. today, if you go looking at brand new builder houses... It, it's just one big giant there, there really is no dining room it's like an eat-in kitchen or you know what i mean it's like the whole thing is opened up so i feel you on that too you know just open up the whole thing and let them decide whether they want it to be a dining room don't decide on the dining room. just let it be a massive eat-in kitchen with breakfast bars or, or islands and counters you got it and then we're always, Pat, going to uh, do completely new kitchen cabinets and completely gut and renovate the bathrooms. New tile. You know, in the 70s, which a lot of the houses we renovate are 70s, early 80s. And, you know, the pink and baby blue tile is just not, not something you would see in a model home today. So we're going to gut that tile, put it in nice, new, sleek tile. I always, you actually made a good point about the model homes. We go and visit a model, see what's popular today. Ask the, the real estate agent in that model home, hey, what sells more often, the oak cabinets or the walnut colored cabinets? Wow. You know, what are your buyers like of all the options you have? What's what goes more often, you know, stay the stainless appliances or the white appliances. And that'll tell you a lot right there. Now, talk to me about bathrooms. Now, how crucial is it to have two bathrooms on the upper level where the bedrooms are? It is huge. Oftentimes, even if it's just a husband and wife, the husband and wife don't, the wife doesn't want to share the bathroom with her husband. She wants to have another option. And then if it's a family, you want to have the kids in one bathroom and possibly the parents in another. So it's hugely important to have two full baths in a house. And nowadays, I wouldn't buy a house if I couldn't have two full baths. On the it. same floor. I mean, it, so, yeah. so, uh, it sounds like a showstopper. If you can't get two full bathrooms with the bedrooms, and we're not talking about a bathroom in the basement and a bathroom upstairs. We're talking about like near each other where all the families are sleeping, family yes. members are sleeping. Uh, forget about it. Move on to the next one, right? That's the way I feel. I think you're better off going on to the next deal. There's always going to be another one. Now, how about closet space? Because a lot of times we see in these older houses that, you know, the bedrooms are already dinky. And then the closet space are these, you know, bifold doors that you open and shut. And, and of course, if you go in there and you build a walk-in closet, it's going to make the bedrooms even more dinkier. So how, how do you deal with that struggle? 
You know what, Cecilia, you might be better able to answer that because you just did a D.C. property and there's only so much space in those properties. Do you want to speak to that? You know, yeah, it, it's great. I, I think what we have, Pat, most times we're going to leave that closet, you know, as it is. The house we just did, it had two open uh, bifold doors that gave the space, but they were side by side. So behind that closet was actually the master bath, which was in the master bedroom. So it was only so much you can do. And remember, we're catering to first time home buyers and we're at a price point that we need to stay in so that the return on the investment is there. So in a case like that, we would leave that and just make it as nice as we can. And that leads me into talking about staging because as we know, staging gives the buyer the opportunity to see themselves in the house and also see what they can do with the space. There's other rooms that you possibly could use and make a closet someplace else. So hmm. we're going to leave that closet. You're going to leave the closet and keep the space. Well, listen, I appreciate you answering the question directly because that's a that's a dilemma. And so you guys heard it. Keep the space. Leave the closet. Maybe make a bigger closet in another bedroom. Maybe make a cedar closet or something in the basement or or something where where the realtor has something to to say. Well, you know what? You know all your winter coats and stuff, or your all your winter gear could go downstairs where your summer gear could go in this. Something to overcome that objection. So let's talk about curb appeal because I know you guys have mentioned that buzzword a couple times. For those not for those listening that might not know what that exactly means or maybe what exactly you do. Tell us like how many bushes do you put in? Do you replace walkways? If, if there's a crack in the driveway, do you replace it? What are you doing with regards to I'm pulling up front, I'm looking at it from my car? Okay, so as Cal said, curb appeal, curb appeal, curb appeal is everything. The first thing we're going to do when we get to un one of our rehabs, we're going to look at what we see on the exterior. We see vegetation. We see tall trees. We see bended fences. We see broken concrete. We're going to look at that because we need to be able to see how to make it look presentable. So we're going to cut down trees. We're going to trim trees. We're going to remove fences. Um, we're going to add bushes, small ones. We like it so that you can see the front of the house. You can see the exterior. You can see the roof. You can see all that the house has to offer. Because as soon as you drive up to that property, they're going to do a visual tour. And if it's not what you know what they're looking for, they, they may not even get out. As Kel said about this apartment building, we just did a project. The house was gorgeous inside. But you drive up to the house. They do a look around and they see the apartment building to the left, right in front of the house, and they immediately go, I don't want to go in. They haven't even seen it. So curb appeal is important. Raggedy, ran down fences need to go mm. or be painted or be replaced. We need to put some flowers. We need to put some mulch. We need to put some stone. We're not so much going to go look at the concrete driveway and go, oh, we're going to fix that or we're going to fill that in we're going to just let that be because when the home inspector comes if it's not all that bad they're not going to ask us to do anything anyway and you got to remember health and safety issues are going to come up and if it's bad we'll take care of it on the back end but that's not one of the first things we do and another thing that's extremely important we also make sure that we're dealing with the health and safety and the things that are deal breakers it's five most important things that can make or break a deal that's plumbing electrical 
HVAC, roof structure, and we also add chimneys. So what we do is we take the, care of those core things first, and then we put the bling on it. Because at the end of the day, if the buyer cannot get out because of the home inspection, because the investor, the rehabber didn't do a good job, they're going to have to come back and fix it anyway. So our goal is to always do those things first. Wow, that's awesome. Now, is there any, anything else that you look for in a house, you know, similar to having two bathrooms upstairs and having the ability to open it up? Do you look on anything like having a walkout basement or having a fireplace or, you know, having parking for cars? Are those minor issues or major issues? And, and what else is there? Parking for cars is a big issue. So, you know, if the property has a garage or at least a driveway, that's definitely superior to on-the-street parking. So that's a, that's a boon. I think that's definitely something to look for. I would also say this isn't a, an absolute, but if you can get it, it definitely makes the house more marketable. And those are uh, houses that are on cul-de-sacs or closed in streets because mm. it's more privacy. You don't have a lot of people coming in and out of your neighborhood. If um, you know, remember we do first time home buyers. So those are often starter homes for new families or the beginnings of new families. So that's definitely appealing to a buyer is those streets that are slightly more private. I'd say those, those are some, some great bonuses if you can get it. Not yeah. absolute, but great bonuses. It sounds like people are really leaning towards you know, security in a sense, right? I mean, at the end of the day, that's why they don't want to live next to a apartment building because there's transiency and you don't know who's living there, right or wrong, it just is. And and the cul-de-sac, right? Uh, the busy road. I mean, it, it all makes you, gives you a sense of security. And, uh, and Pat, also a sense of community. And we like cul-de-sacs because mm. we tell people all the time, especially with people with small kids, it, either you live there, you're lost, or you're visiting. Wow. So there's less, <laughs> there's less traffic coming and going, and you don't have to feel so scared about your kids playing outside because you got a thoroughfare where cars are just coming and going all the time. So we like it because you live there, you're visiting, or you're lost. You know, and it's just not a whole lot of traffic always coming and going. And, and now, how much money do you guys spend on average on staging? And and what rooms do you stage? And, and, and how do you do it? Can you give me a brief rundown on that? Sure. We we make sure that we put in our budget for all of our all of our renovated rooms at least six hundred dollars worth of staging. Because you got to remember the the square footage of our properties are usually about twelve hundred square feet. We're gonna stage the living room the dining room, the master bedroom, and the basement, okay? We're also going to add our touches of flowers and candles and towels and rugs. So when people walk in, they see themselves there. And staging really is a big part of what we do. And it's helped us sell a lot of our houses so much faster than I feel we would have if it was not staged. And also, if there's flaws in some of the painting or some of the walls, not to conceal anything, but it just kind of takes away from just being right there as soon as you walk through the door wow wow and and what's that cost like on average like we're paying about we're paying about 600 600 to stage all three one shot because by the time we get in that house and that house is staged it goes in the market we're literally getting in and out of our houses pretty fast so within 30 days the furniture is going back to the store our favorite store to rent from is rent a slash color time we use Corp before we've used Brooks, but um, we've just had a really good working relationship with um, Rent-A-Center. 
That's it's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, now you guys have offered some incredible value here. Lots of meat and potatoes. I want our listeners to be able to get more and more of this. I am going to put all of these guys' information on hybendigital.com backslash bell cam. I'm just going to make it easy because two long names and people are driving. So B-E-L-L-C-A-M, hybendigital.com backslash bell cam. And why don't you tell us real quick as we wrap this up a little bit about your coaching program and do you have a website that you can direct us to and how do you coach people? Do you do you do one-on-one? The website is www.realrehabtalk.com, like real talk, realrehabtalk.com. The training is partial classroom. We also do working classroom. We're actually all sitting in a room with our laptops open. We search for properties right then and there. We go over contracts right then and there. And it's in action. You learn by doing in this business. So that's the best way to learn is to actually do it. And so we look over your shoulder. We walk you through the process step by step from where to find the deals, how to buy the deals, how to fix up the deals, find contractors. What's that process? We go through the A, B, through all the way to Z of rehabbing. And then we do private coaching as well. That's awesome. So all their information is going to be online, guys. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. You've offered some really great tidbits. And guys, listen to me. I have worked with these gals personally on several flips that have gone very well. So I highly recommend them. They know their stuff. Hey, guys, Kelly, Cecilia, listen, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. And let's get together and break some bread soon. Yes, Pat. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and let's get some deals going. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how to's, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.